Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 72. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me today in the studio, we have another guest, Olivia Sanabria. Hi, I'm Olivia. And so today, we're going to be talking about women in comedy and the cultural atmosphere surrounding that topic, and I would contend cultural obstacles between women and comedy that they might pursue. So, Olivia, where would you like to begin with this conversation? Well, I took a class in it this semester. I go to Boston University, and the Women's Studies Department offers a class called Women and Comedy, this exact topic. And after studying in Chicago this past summer, studying comedy, I decided when I came back to school, I wanted to continue that. And I saw this class and thought it was perfect. So basically, over the course of the semester, we studied only female comedians in stand-up, in sitcom, in movies, in every way, and then also cultural icons like Amy Schumer, etc., in addition to actual feminist theories written by professors at institutions and such. So it was kind of an amalgamation of academia and pop culture that I found really accessible. And also, it was exactly what I think I needed because I am a woman pursuing comedy. So to read about all these different female comedians was really empowering because I took a class called History of Comedy this summer in Chicago, and we basically only studied male comedians because, to be fair, they have been the prominent ones of the past century. But this class focused on the female comedians, so even if they haven't been as well-known maybe in the past 50 years, they were still there. So it was cool to find them like Joan Rivers, etc. May I ask what the gender balance was of students in this class at BU? At BU, it was all females with one male. I think he was a journalism major. I really liked having the one guy in the class. I wish there had been more, but he kept quiet for the most part. I think probably, maybe not out of fear, but when he spoke, it felt like he'd really thought about it and had something to say. And I think everyone respected him. My teacher was a little weird, but he definitely added something to the class and he would never come out with a statement that was completely against us, but he offered like another perspective. And now I'm curious to hear what types of things you learned in the class or if there were particular icons or lessons that stood out to you and still resonate weeks afterwards. I guess just one of the coolest parts was getting to write papers on things that actually were interesting to me. I wrote a paper on Amy Schumer and Trainwreck. Kimmy Schmidt, the TV show, and this comedian named Jen Kirkman, who's from Needham, Massachusetts. And that's why I picked her, because we are from Wellesley, Massachusetts. Especially with Kimmy Schmidt, I guess I would say what I learned is that comedy is not just for the laughs. It is so hard and people work so hard in their writing to hone every joke and make political statements. So, for example, I watched Kimmy Schmidt about six months ago and I didn't love it. But then when I went back to write a paper on it, I watched every episode in detail and I was writing down quotations. And the character that stood out to me the most was Mrs. Voorhees, who's the 40-something divorced wife and she's very spoiled and upper class. And I realized that not only is she hilarious, but they're also making such a strong commentary with that character. And having Kimmy be this woman who wasn't in society for 15 years because she was underground come out into society 15 years later, they used that character and her innocence to comment on things today, like the woman who needs the husband or the upper class life in New York City. So when I first watched it, you know, it's just funny and there is value in just laughing at things. But what I appreciated about the class was it allowed me to go back and take a second look at these shows and movies that are doing so much if you take the time to like really listen. Do you have any favorite female comedians? 
That's a really interesting question. And I would say, I think I have tremendous bias. One, I don't watch a ton of comedy on my own. I will on occasion put a Netflix special on in the background and listen. And there are some comedians that I love. Jen Kirkman, I would say, is one of my favorites as a female comedian. And just today, I watched Christina Peretti for the first time, and I thought she was fantastic. And I know a lot of female comedians, at least that I've seen, comment on gender. And I find that fascinating because I think as men, we aren't often aware of gender because we don't have to think about it. It's not as necessary in terms of social and cultural survival to think about our role as men. And so a part of me thinks when watching female comedians, they sure are focusing on that a lot. But another part of me says, well, that's central to their identity, and you will never understand what it's like to be a woman. And honestly, it makes a lot of sense when I think about the oppression or even on lighter scales, the disrespect they receive simply for being women. And so it makes sense that you would talk back to that issue in society with your comedy, because as you said, comedy is valuable on that level. It's not always about the laughs. And so I don't always love comedy about gender because I do think there are jokes that have been told. I'm not even bothered as a man that they are attacking gender issues because they have every right to. But there are some stereotypical jokes that I find a bit overused. And the comedians I've loved who are women like Jen Kirkman and Christina Peretti, I don't think overuse those tropes and in some ways comment on those tropes of the stereotypical guy and the stereotypical girl. And I enjoy that a lot. And I think they also don't base their routines or their jokes solely upon gender. And so to me, they feel more well-rounded as comedians. And I'd be curious if you have any thoughts on that, because gender and comedy are, of course, fraught in many ways. And there are a lot of issues. And I apologize if I should have phrased something with more sensitivity. Yeah, we studied this exact topic a lot this semester. The term that we used was comedians who are in a marked category. I'm not sure exactly who wrote that, but it's about how in society, the white male is the unmarked category, what we've deemed as the everyman story, everyman. And if you're a woman, that's your marked category. And if you are African-American, that's your marked category. So I would wonder when you were talking about women often having comedy related to being a woman, I was thinking about how often people of color have comedy related to that. And I think that's crucial to their voices because that is what makes them different. And the reason why male comics don't do that type of comedy as much is because their story has been considered the story. So typically men have more observational comedy, whereas women or African-Americans, etc., have comedy about their own struggle in society. So yeah, I agree with you. I do think it can be repetitive when female comedians are constantly talking about being female, but I would say that that is their experience, is being female. And something I've also noticed recently is the male movie critics commenting on movies starring female stories such as Sisters with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey or Joy starring Jennifer Lawrence and wondering if when they watch the movie, they see it as as a story that could happen to anyone or as a female story. And I agree that it's a sensitive topic and it's hard to talk about, but I definitely think a lot about the male story being the one that is accepted as normal. 
I think that's really interesting. And to compare it to comedy, there might be movies to which I don't feel I can relate to a woman's story or her journey. Whereas with comedy, I feel I can often relate to a funny joke. And even if I am the butt of the joke as a white male or just a man in general, I can still appreciate the thought and observation that went into crafting that joke. I don't know that I would agree with male movie critics because there's aspects of relatability I would contend in anyone's story. At the end of the day, we're all human and so we share certain needs. And I think that there are needs that are developed by systems of hierarchy, such as gender. And I acknowledge that. But I do think if you go into a movie as a man and think you can't relate at all to female stars or the roles that are portrayed on screen, I don't think you're trying enough to engage. I think you're sort of holding back a bit. But I would also like to talk about confidence as it relates to being a comedian and also being a female comedian, of course, because I would contend that we live in a society, I'm talking specifically about America, but perhaps in Western culture in general, where women are discouraged from being confident. And I don't think that's an unfair statement. I really do feel that a lot of aspects about cultural femininity are designed to discourage confident or independent or empowered behavior in a lot of ways. And I think that if you talk about men who are confident, we laud them with compliments. But with women who are confident, we accuse them of being bossy or other more derogatory terms that I'm not going to say on air. And so I'd love to hear what you think about what it means to be a female comedian as someone who is probably on stage, who is putting herself out there more so than the typical woman or typical man who's just walking around on the street and might have a day job that requires much less visibility. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the clashes and struggles involving confidence and women in comedy. I think some of it has to do with the expectation in society that women are also supposed to be pretty. We read a whole book in this class called Pretty Funny by Lisa Mizajewski. I forget her first name, but we talked a lot about how part of the struggle of female comedians over time has been wrestling with the pretty funny dynamic. And I don't know if you've noticed this trend, but a lot of successful female comedians are lesbians and considered the butch comic because in some ways they dress like men or more closely resemble men. And for a while, very attractive female comedians struggled to find their place in the comedy world. I think because, and this is a generalization, but that women are supposed to be pretty and are women as object versus women as subject. And we read this article in class about when women are asked what they're looking for in a man, one of the first things they always say is funny because we're taught to want men that are funny. And even if they're not, sometimes we laugh at their jokes. Whereas it is, I think, less common that a man is looking for a funny female versus a pretty female. Pardon the interruption, but I would confirm that by saying that in reviews of some comedy specials I've seen on Amazon, the female comedian's standard of comedy is commented upon, and afterwards the reviewer will say, also has a smoking body, and I find that very problematic and intriguing, but it's definitely something that catches my eye. And so that's what I wanted to add. Yeah. Whereas you rarely see commentary on a male comic's body in their review. I mean, some male comics such as Chris Farley are known for being really overweight, but that's actually not a bad thing. It just helps their comedy. And I actually don't know if society wants female comics to be beautiful or if they have to be more average looking to be successful. Well, I would ask you, and of course it's a sensitive question, but do you think an overweight female comic would be 
be able to succeed for making use of her stature as an overweight individual? Or do you think that society would view it differently? Because I suspect there's a double standard there. Definitely. I think just the first person that came to mind would be Amy Schumer, who's not even that overweight, but is not your typical Hollywood size zero body. And she talks a lot about her, not a lot, but she factors in her appearance into her stand-up specials, I think because she has to, because it's constantly commented on. Whereas I don't think males feel the need to comment on it as much because reviews aren't talking about it as much, if that makes sense. She has to acknowledge it because tabloids are constantly writing about Amy Schumer, not your typical body, stars in a movie. She was even surprised when they wanted her to star in her own movie. And they did try to make her lose weight, but she decided she liked eating more. So yeah, I think it's not an area that has a definitive answer, but the topic of pretty versus funny with female comedians is so prevalent because I've read a lot recently about female comedians nowadays, like 2015, who feel the pressure to be both beautiful and funny. For example, Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live, I think, talked about this. And I'm not sure what the right answer is. I don't think there should be one. If anything, I think we should have to talk about it less, but I think it is a very relevant part of the conversation. And can I ask, because I am curious, and we've had similar experiences, at least in high school, what obstacles you've come across in your experiences as a female comedian, if I can use the term? One example I can think of not to do with me first is my friend that I made over the summer who was going to do stand-up at this club in Chicago was having trouble picking out her outfit. And we spent so much time buying her the perfect pants and the perfect shirt and trying to figure out what would make her look beautiful, but not trying too hard. And we ended up settling on pants with a cute shirt and like lipstick, but Converse. And so much thought went into the way that she looked. And I totally agreed with her. I was like, you can't look like you're too feminine or maybe you won't be funny. And I think these stereotypes factor into our conversations and I wish they didn't. And I wish we could say, you know, whatever, wear whatever you want. But it was a factor knowing we were going to a stand-up club that was going to be an audience of entirely men except for our friends that we didn't want her to subject herself to just being looked at as hot and not funny, but also pretty enough that they wouldn't completely disregard her. It's a definitely a sensitive topic. So that always comes to mind because I just can't imagine that my male friend who was also doing stand-up that night even thought twice about what shirt he was going to wear. So first semester freshman year, I got into this improv troupe that was five men and three women. So it wasn't completely off balance. But then second semester, two of the women were going abroad. So we were left with four men and me, freshman Olivia with four senior boys. And I remember thinking, now I'm going to have to play all of the female parts because it's just me. And it was kind of funny and also overwhelming to imagine being in every scene. And then I realized that they didn't need me for every scene. The men were completely fine playing the wives. In fact, it's sometimes funnier if you cross gender. But I don't know if you've noticed this. It's often perceived that it's funnier if a guy plays a woman than if a woman plays a man. I have noticed that. And I suspect that it's because of the power dynamic and reversal that it's a man in some way stepping down. And it's so funny to see how he's fallen from his typical position of being a powerful male. And now he's the wife or any female role that by the nature of our very problematic culture would just have less influence. What are your other experiences with the men and women in your improv troupe? 
So I've actually found that the women in the group are amazing listeners and really help build a scene because in my experience, and again, this is purely anecdotal and should not be conceived as a generalization of all men, but a lot of men in comedy that I've worked with, and this is true of myself, often have an agenda of putting their jokes and their ideas out there for laughs and for support and encouragement. And a lot of women that I've improvised with and acted with not only listen, but actively engage with your ideas and work with them to support them as well as to build upon them and add to what you've already put out there. And so if I had to choose between partners, again, stereotypically speaking, and from my own experience, I would rather improvise with women because I think the creativity there is phenomenal. And I suspect there's cultural values underlying all of that because again, in our society, men are told, do what you will and be confident because that's your right. And we don't say that to everyone. Of course, women being those who don't don't hear that message. And so my experience has been very cultural when it comes to comedy. I don't think I've ever felt that I couldn't say certain things. Of course, you can't always comment on people who are, as you said, marked by something. And that's a sensitive area in comedy, which is why even this conversation alone has felt to a degree very tender. And I hope that I haven't said anything to offend or disrespect in any way. But I have noticed that listening distinction. And I'd be curious to hear if you think whether it be culture or other factors, you've witnessed or even as a woman experienced similar factors. It's not that I don't find that to be true. I do see that pattern, but I'm hesitant to classify it as gender. I more think there is this improviser archetype that is the one who likes to bulldoze with the ideas. And yes, in my experience, that has typically been men in my improv troupe, but I also think they're necessary players because they do have a lot of ideas. I also met a girl, though, this past summer at Second City who was the female equivalent of this bulldozing male. And she is amazing and hilarious and a woman. And it was interesting to meet a female improviser who had no hesitations with getting her ideas out there. And it's what I guess we would call confidence that we were talking about earlier that typically male improvisers have. And it was refreshing to see it in a woman. So I don't think it's completely limited to gender. I do think, though, there are those patterns. And over time, in our troupe, the gender balance has shifted and there are currently five girls and four guys in our group and i know that before this recording we talked about a similar experience you'd had about a general shift going on and i would love to hear your take on that and what you have to say about that yeah my troop this year is four men and four women and i am sort of the captain of my troop this year and in my experience and memory of this troop there has never been a female captain so i think the general shift that we've both seen in our troops shows that it is becoming more popular for women to go into comedy i know at my school our improv troop was referred to as the boys club for many years where the cocky men in our program came to just mess around but now it's four men and four women and we take it very seriously and our school has grown to respect it as it's become an actual training ground for our comedy and not just a place where confident actors in the school got to have the stage for 45 minutes Also, in my summer program last year, there were 12 women and four men. So again, the culture is shifting. And my teacher there said she couldn't believe the shift because even a few years ago, this program
program was all men and just a few women. So I definitely think there's hope and times are changing. And people like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who are these big name comedians, are giving other women the confidence to pursue this avenue. I was going to ask what you think might account for that shift. And I agree, at least from the outside. And as someone who doesn't study comedy as well as he probably could, I suspect it is big names like Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Amy Schumer, and we've mentioned others like Jen Kirkman, who I suspect have also influenced that shift. I would also like to know if, as more girls have joined your group, you think the comedy itself has shifted, or if the improv that you all are doing has remained relatively similar. It's still funny, it's still interesting, but it doesn't necessarily have any tint or color of gendered influence, or if that is the case. I think it's sort of difficult for me to speak on it because I'm inside of it, but I can only relay what people have given me as feedback. And our two shows this semester were the most well-received shows that we've had since I've been here. Every single audience member who came up to me after both of the shows said it was the best shows they've seen at this school, the best comedy they've seen at this school. People thought it was really funny and they really enjoyed it. And I hadn't thought about that relating to the gender balance of the group. I more thought of it as the level of work we put into it. But now thinking about it, I can see what you're saying about having a better balance of those bulldozing improvisers and the listening improvisers, whether they're men or women, is what makes a great troupe. And I think what's interesting is this year I really picked people that were in general more team players than that leading man trailblazer. And I guess that made us really successful. And before we close this episode, Olivia, I'm going to ask you actually for two pieces that I'd like from you before we finish. One, if there are women or girls eager to pursue a career in comedy as someone who is currently on that path and has experience, what would you suggest they do? Are there resources you would suggest they check out? Yeah, this is something I've gotten really interested in the last couple of years. I would say if you can, if you're thinking about where to move, move to Chicago. It's the comedy capital of the world. And I would also recommend reading every female comedian's book, Bossy Pants by Tina Fey, Yes, Please by Amy Poehler, and I would highly recommend both of Mindy Kaling's books because when you read about these female comedian success stories, I've found it so empowering. And then I would also say allowing yourself to really watch as much comedy as you can is something I wasn't good at either until this past semester. And now I've started watching sitcoms and stand-up specials and calling it my homework, even though for some people it's pleasure. I've started watching it with a critical eye. And then I would also just say writing as much as possible, getting a Twitter that's completely dedicated to comedy and forcing yourself to look at it as a craft and not just as a diary is something that has been extremely useful for me. I think that's all great advice. And of course, another piece that I always ask for, what would you like our audience to consider and think about after listening to this conversation? I guess just being aware when you're watching TV and anything to do with pop culture, the way that the media talks about actors and actresses and comedians in society. And just notice when you're describing a comedian, when you're talking about their looks and do you need to do that? And when you're talking about their comedy and are you looking at it with a bias or not? And just the more open-minded you can be, the better with both people that are like you and not like you. 
I completely agree. I think it's very important to be aware of our biases and perspectives. And when consuming comedy or critiquing comedy, to be aware of the language we use for men and women and how there are differences there. And if you don't believe there are, that's a very interesting perspective that I would like to hear about. And of course, as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have thoughts or concerns, criticisms, or input of any kind, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook, where if you like our page, you will get weekly updates when we post episodes. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with someone, subscribing, and reviewing the show, which helps our visibility, and we would greatly appreciate it. And Olivia, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. It was great to have you. Thank you. And as always, we thank all of you for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.